Yes, plants move from one stage to another, but they are also valued for each of those stages. Mm -hmm. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. This episode, both of our guests are new to the podcast. That hasn't happened for a while. We welcome Almeida Wright, Associate Professor of Religious Education, and Kate Ott, Lecturer in Practical Theology. They're discussing 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-9, through 9, which is appointed for the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany in year A. Here's the text. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-9. through 9. And so, brothers and sisters, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as fleshly, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are still not ready, for you are still fleshly. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not fleshly and behaving according to human inclinations? For when one says, I belong to Paul, and another, I belong to Apollos, are you not all too human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and each will receive wages according to their own labor. For we are God's co-workers, working together. You are God's field, God's building. My first thought in reading this passage was, wow, Paul, way to use multiple mixed metaphors and examples when you're trying to talk to a people that you claim are already confused. Yeah. When you read this one, I also, my reaction probably was even a little bit stronger than, wow, why are you using multiple metaphors? Because he immediately comes in with an assessment that says, not only are you confused, but you're immature, spiritually immature. And I can't talk to you as spiritually strong people. And so I was like, why are you judging your folks? Of course, immediately I'm thinking pedagogically, and I'm thinking, if you want people to learn from you, why are you starting by condescending and putting them down? And of course, immediately, there's another cheeky question that I have around reading the text of, Paul, if this group of people that you're in conversation with and going back and forth with are spiritually immature, why? Why is it something that's going on maybe in the way you've taught them or approached them? You know, and of course, my immediate answer was like, Paula, you're a terrible teacher. Is that why they're spiritually immature? Now, of course, you know, you can't really say that about Paul or you're not supposed to. But but there's there's something there in terms of questioning who he's talking to and why start with condescension. Another way I think Paul condescends is to use children to put these folks who are believers into what he sees as a negative category, as people who are not yet mature, who don't know what to do with their faith. Yes, I totally agree. As a teacher, 
Is that a helpful way to approach this? But then also as someone who's trying to build up a community of believers, why in this instance start to use ageism to separate folks? We do this all the time in the church. We both valorize children and youth, right? Mm -hmm. That's who we should be in order to, to lead and be in God's ways. And then also whenever we want to say someone's not spiritually mature, we call them children. Right. Paul also connects this to fleshly. So we've got this whole sort of Corinthians backstory of the history of Corinth being a place that might be sexually licentious and fleshly and and not following in God's ways. So I think this is a double hitter for Paul. (laughs) And I hear you uncovering that Paul maybe right as the teacher, as the leader, is is starting to nitpick and get frustrated that what he thought, you know, maybe what the commentators said, maybe 18 months worth of going and establishing this church and then putting Apollos in charge, that people should have just fallen in line. And it's almost as though the questioning is troublesome to Paul. Right. And I think, well, it's the questioning, but also the factions. And and I get that as someone who's invested in communities or invested in a community of learners, you immediately think, these are our learning goals. We've set out these wonderful and brilliant assignments for you. Why don't you just get the stuff? But again, I come back to this idea of when we are encountering someone who's not yet able to, to master the material, what should our response be? And so often, and this is, I guess, a more traditional reading of this text is, yeah, go, Paul, we need to be spiritually mature. We need, like, you know, meat, and we need not to have to to work through or, or come through this kind of infantile spiritual formation. Again, so ageous and so critical and condescending, but it's also a question then not of how do we replay or rethink our champion of spiritual maturity as not having questions or our champion of spiritual maturity as not one who's wrestling with where do I belong or what amalgam of things am I going to believe? So, of course, somewhat different or off, I also began to think through, I'm like, well, Paul, also are you calling the people to a type of relationship or following of what you're teaching in an isolated fashion such that such that you want to erase everything else that is part of their spiritual lives, like cultural lives, like thought process up to this point. And I think that's also nonsensical in many ways. For me, the passage turns when Paul moves from one metaphor to the other. And I this is where I have a more generous reading, where Paul turns to this notion of of laboring, of planting. To me, that metaphor serves the text so much better than this idea of you are now this. You were immature. You were fleshly. I need you to be better than that. To returning to himself, to saying, "We, we have planted. We have put labor in. We are here in terms of, you know, the one who waters you, God who gives you growth, 
it's that second part of the passage that I I want to say, Paul, just you should have got rid of the first paragraph. Right, start there, Paul. <laughs> start, start there. there. <laughs> and it's in that piece that I think we might actually get a clue to how we should also think about ageism. Mm-hmm. Yes, plants move from one stage to another. They change. They grow. But they are also valued for each of those stages. Mm-hmm. And they are what they are at that stage. We don't usually hold a thing of seeds and say, well, it's not a plant. Right. Or we don't see a plant and say, well, you know, it's not blooming. No, it blooms at certain times. It regenerates. It, it, it Seeds fall and give birth to new plants. I think there's a way in which that metaphor understands growth and change mm-hmm. that could benefit what Paul's trying to do for the church at Corinth. Right. And I think because part of the the last metaphor, you're right, it's a beautiful one because instead of condemning the seedling for being a seedling, we as a good gardener, you you figure out what are the optimal environment so that the seedling can continue to grow, continue to be nurtured so that it becomes a more robust and hardy plant. And so in that particular way, you're right. That's the metaphor that gets us to the place of saying developmentally, we're we're here working for, and he uses that language, we're working for a common purpose. Some are watering, some are, and so it invites, I think, a larger community into the conversation around what does this growth look like? How are we going to to establish either our beliefs or our practices so that they all work together? It seems to me that it's also this trajectory that the first Corinthians letter takes Mm -hmm. because we eventually get to we're all one body, many parts. And so, again, that to me is a much better metaphor than, than children and fleshliness, be banned, move beyond that. So if I could with this passage, if I were reading it, I would actually start with verse 9. For we are God's servants working together. You are God's field, God's building. I would use that verse just repeated throughout, almost as a way of reminding myself that that that's where Paul's going and that's where we should also be going as we think about community, difference, competition, change, and growth. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Wright and Ott, for your insight on 1 Corinthians. For more Bible study resources, check out yalebiblestudy.org. We've got videos, study guides, discussion questions. It's all free. That's yalebiblestudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor Joel Baden, production manager Kelly Morrissey, associate producer Aidan Stoddart, and I'm your host and executive producer, Helena Martin. Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.